0: Andy Sarianos.
1: Hello, I'm Emily Gilmaros.
2: Hi, I'm Adam Gifford.
0: This is the School of School podcast. Welcome to the School of School
2: podcast. Are you an early years teacher struggling with lack of support for lesson planning? Foundations can help. Foundations is the new reception program from Maths No Problem. It's a complete reception package with workbook journals, picture books, and online teacher guides all in one place. Visit MathsNoProblem.com today to learn more.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the School of School podcast. Uh, We're really fortunate today we've got Andy Ash with us. Andy, just tell us just a little bit about yourself for our listeners so they know who you are
3: yeah okay hi it's great to be here um so yeah i work in england Uh, i run what's called a maths hub so we support um a region where we've got about 500 primary and secondary schools and uh, alongside doing that i also am doing a part-time phd where i'm studying how teachers teach fractions and i'm hopefully in my last year although you never know
0: (laughs) interesting yeah yeah those doctorates you never know (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: Who who knows? Anytime you, Uh,
0: anytime you talk to someone writing a doctorate, they're always in their last year, right? (laughs) I was very lucky because I was doing some data collection,
3: and I was meant to do more, but that was when COVID first hit, so I was completely stopped in my tracks. But I had to change what I was doing. So luckily, I had some data, and and it was enough to go
0: with. So. Right, well, today we're talking about technology. Is it good or bad? It reminds me, actually, this is a funny topic, it reminds me of a, a great Ali G skit. I don't know if you've ever, if you got, like, Ali G my hero, right? Yeah. It's so funny, <laughs> anyway. He calls it Techmology, right? <laughs> technology, is it good or bad? No, is it good or whack, I think he said. Anyway, what, a bit controversial. So come on, Andy, what's what's the, what's the deal with technology here? What do you think? Is it good for kids or is it bad for kids?
3: I think that's a very difficult question to answer. So, so um, yeah, I should first of all say I, I'm by no means an expert in this, but it is something that I have some opinions on really. And, and um, so I, I would say overall at the moment, I feel like the impact of a lot of technology is not great. Uh, for kids at the moment, uh, well, kids and adults actually. I've got a, a quote. It's from someone who's probably quite opinionated. It's from a book, but uh, he he describes kids using sort of devices and things, and he and he says um, he describes it as the zomb- zombification of kids whose faces are illum- illuminated by glowing screens. Um, I've got young children myself, um, and I've it's kind of interesting because I feel like a, our eldest. Uh, I think we first got an iPad in the family when he was probably about seven or eight. So so he was kind of at the beginning of this really rapid development of handheld technology, whereas my younger two, that's all they've ever known. All they've ever known is that you can carry something around in your pocket and you can get videos on it, you can get answers to questions on Google, and it just does stuff, you know? Um, so on the one hand, I, in a way, it's kind of fascinating and, and it's really, really interesting. But on the other hand... Um, I can see that it it is potentially having quite a negative impact on them. Um, So I know there's quite a lot of research studies around now that talk about the addiction of um, screens and, and technology, in particular kind of the Internet and games and things like that. It's even been described as electronic cocaine. (laughs) I think that's quite an extreme um, way to describe it. But, you know, I can see it in my kids and I can sometimes see it in kids at school who who have too much screen time. And it has a really negative impact on them in terms of their ability to concentrate for longer periods of time and their ability to actually even interact in social situations in some, some instances. And I guess in the last couple of years, because in England we've had a lot of homeschooling because of COVID, I think that things have perhaps been exacerbated. You know, so mm. yeah. In general, I feel that um, we should we need to be really, really careful uh, because while whilst um, technology and screens they are becoming part of life and they're unavoidable. At the same time, they like lots of things have potentially negative and damaging effects.
2: On people you know I, I want to jump in because I I often preface this when I talk about this I always say the same thing I said I always say at the risk of sounding like my granddad <laughs> and my worry with this stuff is right is that you know how you look at old footage and people sort of say oh these newfangled things you know everyone's got a car and the, whatever it might be I try to do a wee self-check right to try to think okay so what part of this is this? This sort of generational thing, where it's just me stuck in my ways. You know, all oh, this music on the radio is terrible. You know, this newfangled <laughs> rock and roll. It, it's
0: it is terrible, Adam. It is
2: terrible. <laughs> See, this is this is it. So, so how? Like, I I think one of the hardest things I find when I'm talking about it, because I have quite strong opinions on it. I think that there are definitely negative aspects that I've seen in my own kids with with relating to it. But I've also seen some really positive things. Is how do I how do I try to sort of judge it and, and regulate the fact that that I'm from a generation that does has like the experience I have with digital technology is so nothing compared to what my children have yeah, yeah. comparatively, and I don't just mean yeah you know, I work on a computer and an iPad and stuff every day, right? And I use my phone, but let's be honest, you know, like the usage that I sort of do is, is nothing comparative and i try to think how can i be reasonable in understanding this and do a self-check does that make any sense whatsoever do you know what i mean just yeah. just so i don't fall into the trap of watching like bbc archive footage going oh yeah look at this guy now <laughs> look at what he's saying what a fool um, you know that, that sort of thing
3: do you know that makes total sense to me and and um I I'm sort of similar in a way I should say that I love technology you know and I use it in many many different ways I think to great benefit in in my work and in my personal life in my hobbies and things I don't think technology is bad I think that we have to be careful and recognize the dangers with it so um let's just think as a as an example as adults you know when you we've got mobile phones but none of us grew up with this kind of technology it's been new to us as adults I certainly myself noticed that a couple of years ago I would just check my phone to check, you know, Instagram or Facebook or something just for no reason other than I was standing there with nothing else to do and I suddenly realised that I was wasting, actually when you added up all the time, wasting hours of my life uh, doing nothing that had any kind of creative merit uh, or benefit to me as a person. and I know from talking to other friends, it's very anecdotal, but this is not just me, you know, this is other people as well. So I think there are good things about technology uh, and and certainly in terms of learning, there are good things about technology. Um, but equally, we've got to recognise the dangers of them. One of the arguments that's sometimes used is that, well, children are going to grow up in a world where technology is kind of everywhere and everything in a way. Um, so we need to expose them to it early so they learn to manage it, you know, right? So that seems reasonable. Um, but I'm not not sure it, it quite works, actually, because if we applied it to something different, let's say, um, I don't know, something adults do, driving a car, you don't go, well, they're going to need to drive a car when they're older, so let's expose them to it when they're really young. <laughs> it, because we know that would be really crazy, it'd be really dangerous, right? They're, they're not ready for it until they hit a certain age. Um, And I think sometimes technology can be a bit like that. You know, as a parent, we can think, oh, look look at all this great technology. It It makes my life way easier. But actually, they're not seeing some of the negative outcomes of it. And in a minute, I think we should come to talk about actually then how does this relate to education and schools? Because I think we see an increasing use of education technology. And I'm not convinced we've thought enough about it. Uh, we've sort of jumped into it just thinking that it's great well a bridge
1: for me Andy a bridge I think is into what you're going to move you know discuss is I was I've been listening to what you've been saying and I because I am not anti-technology either I think there are some amazing things that that technology can allow us to do I think I think it's around behaviors and I try sometimes to step back and and line it to other things like too much TV or too much too much too much chocolate or too much
0: too much reading
1: too much reading too much anything too much of anything you know if you're you know it, it, there's too much of anything is not a good thing and I I guess the issue is that with some technologies and some gaming there is that site that we know yeah. is a fact that they're using um certain things to hook people in but to to if you if you're going into anything with awareness and you're equipping children with the ability to know when to stop, you know, when to say, you know, when um then you're getting into the the for me it's more around that because a bit like with teachers, you know, I've been into classrooms, I'm sure you have, and I'm like why is that on the screen? when actually it would be just better to get a piece of paper yeah, in this yeah. moment or it would be better to be a book. And then there are other times when I'm like, what is just being done with that technology there is incredibly transformative. And I don't think there's a better way that we could have used and we could have recorded and we could have, you know, captured that moment. So... I guess that's where we've had this thing where there's technology, 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 and then it's like, okay, so let's have a ba- more balanced approach
0: to it, yeah, potentially. Yeah. But also, I think you need to categorize when we need to talk about technology. It's is such a general thing, right? So, you know, there's technology as we could define it by devices, I guess, or we could define it by its purpose, or we could define it by some other measure, but, you know, I think we need to narrow it down a little bit because, you know, I don't know, bicycle is technology, right? Yeah, I think yeah. we're not talking yeah. about bicycles yeah. here. It, effectively, I think for young people and adults as well, uh, the ch- the challenge is that sort of education, not education side, the entertainment. It, you know, technology for entertainment seems to be really dangerous to me. Technology as tools, I don't think we could even survive without it anymore, Right. We need the tools. The tools are a force for good, right? Like, like okay, Google, you know, is, is kind of, I don't know, we all sort of feel like, hmm, the kids don't need to remember anything anymore because everything's at their <laughs> fingertips, right? So is that good or bad? And there's an argument for it being bad. There's an argument for it being good, right? But I don't think that's really what we're talking about here. I think we're talking about the sort of addictive entertainment side of technology that kids seem to get sucked into, Right. That's it. Uh, and
3: I think there's a couple of things that are really important here. That The first thing is, I think we've got to be careful making, you know, making a link between too much te- use of addictive technology and, and too much reading or something. Because what we do know about most technology that, you know, I'm talking about things like apps, uh, internet-based programs, things like that, that an immense amount of effort is put into trying to make them psychologically addictive, because they want people to repeat repeatedly go back to them and, and go back and use them. So they they almost have, I think, a more psychological power than a lot of things when it comes to being addictive. So I think that is quite important. But, but the other thing here is that one of the reasons I think schools need to think very carefully about the use of technology is that both the educational and useful aspects of technology and all those other things that are just kind of pure entertainment or, or, or mindlessly doing something – they they're done on the same thing so when you hand a very young child an ipad you know i I guess the question is what do you think goes through their head if they've got one at home and they use it all the time to play on minecraft or to watch youtube or whatever i suspect their thought is oh yeah that's an ipad and i know what i can use an ipad for and then you're going to ask them to do some reading on it or something i think we've got to be really careful and, and i guess it even relates to to some of the cognitive load theory stuff and things like that that actually what's going on in their head might not be what we want it to be because there are so many associations with that technology that we're giving them. And, you know, I think about in in most schools and my school is the same here. um, We've put instead of having a whiteboard at the front of room now, we have a giant screen, you know, and teachers use iPads. I think the iPads are incredibly useful. I use one all the time. But um, we have Apple TV and we use that to mirror the iPad onto the screen. But what happens when you switch the Apple TV on and uh, there's a minute or so before you've mirrored your ipad on when all they're seeing is like all the apps and things uh, and i've seen it for netflix yeah and, you know, disney plus I, or whatever i've seen it firsthand and let's I, have some of that yeah i just think we've got to be really careful with what message we're sending to children and, and particularly thinking in primary schools in england you know very young children i think the reason i thought it'd be useful to discuss it is i don't think it's something that is discussed very much um i think it's just assumed
2: i, I just i think that 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 where i i think there's a confusion and i was having this conversation with my sister in new zealand last night and this particular subject terrifies me and i don't <laughs> i don't use that word lightly no seriously is it, that is that i think that when we think about technology or digital devices or using apps or those sorts of things in school i actually think that 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 in terms of just that part of our functionality in our life, that ship sailed some time ago. So everything now is going to be run by apps. And, you know, we're going to be looking at devices forever. You know, there's fridges that'll tell you what you're out of before you even know you're out of it, right? Like all all that sort of stuff. So that ship sailed. What terrifies me is that I think that what children need to be learning in in terms of technology is being critical and understanding what goes on by, like, like, the reality. Because I know for my children, like, I know that the level of sophistication that they bring to someone else's life on Instagram or something else is 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 not where I feel it should be because it suggests that this is how I live my life all the time mm. or these are the types of things that I buy all the time or this is, you know, like all I do is sit around on sun lounges in exotic locations all the time not mm-hmm. understanding the work that goes behind it. And I think that that in the same way that, that we would ask people to be critical of what they read, that, that, that the devices are going to be 24-7. They're always going yeah. to be there now. That's just, that's, to me, statement of fact stuff. That They'll be built into everything that we do. And that's, like Andy said before, that, that's fantastic because there's functionality we can't even dream of, Of you know, the, the, the amount of effort that would need to go into it. But I think having a level of sophistication to work out what is what is real and what is not, And and like you say about manipulation and say gaming and getting to buy stuff in game. You know how many stories do you read about some some parent going? I got a credit card bill for three (laughs) k because my child really needed this certain thing. And I think I think that's where that that's the part to me that is when we talk about technology in schools. It's about being critical. Of the messages and what we're seeing and trying to see beh- behind the facade of these things, and not trying to, to replicate what they see in front of them without being with having some awareness. And I think that's that's a scary part.
3: Yeah, there's
0: a power shift. Go ahead, Eddie. Well, I was just going
3: to say it's kind of ed- education of how to use technology for positive uh, impact. Uh, I do think one of the problems though is that as technology gets better, it becomes more intuitive. And therefore, you have to think less when you use it. So, so if you compare how an iPad or your phone works now, you, you don't really have to know very much about it. You, you can just pick it up and use it because they're so intuitive. Ten years ago, when you bought a computer, you had to think a bit, you had to think quite a lot about getting it set up and uploading your operating system and everything else. In a way, it's kind of like a bit of a conundrum because the better technology gets, the less you have to think when you use it. And therefore, the less
0: you're actually learning from using technology if you step out of the, you know, the, the micro view and try to go into the macro view and look at what's happening, right? There's some really interesting power shifts that are happening in the world right now that, you know, we're right in the middle of. And, and some of us are aware and some of us are completely oblivious. And I think the vulnerable, vulnerable people are, are quite oblivious to what's happening sometimes. And that's, I yeah. guess, where where we worry because it's not just young people like I worry about my mother on the internet all the time because you know my mother-in-law's been done on scams on the internet before right she's vulnerable she doesn't really understand what she's doing sometimes like I don't mean that in a bad way like she's a lovely person very intelligent right it's just not her world it's not her universe so so it's foreign to her and she's been caught out more than once the thing is so from a device usage point of view there's there's a shift where where we became so we used to use these, you know, as as a as a as a tool, right? We use them. And yeah. now it's kind of the shift of power has come around where now they're starting to determine what we do, right? And the technology is. And when I say technology, I mean we're not just talking about the devices, but we're also talking about algorithms that have been written that are self-learning algorithms. Artificial intelligence that their whole purpose, and we don't even understand how they work. All we know is we just like created this little thing and gave it some guidelines and said, Off you go and learn everything you can. Your objective is to make people spend more time on this device and look at ads. And that's basically what most social media networks and, and companies like Google do. So then it's out of control now, right? These things are making their own decisions. Now when you start looking at this in the context of like the stuff that you're talking about, Adam, this other trend, which is the Internet of Things, right? Where now all of a sudden your fridge is aware of how many how many eggs you use, right? Who you know, why isn't your fridge manufacturer gonna sell that information to the grocery chains who can then use it to start, you know, predicting, forecasting how many eggs they need every month because they now know how many people in the neighborhood are using how many eggs and at what time of year and so on and so forth. You know, and then we're creating this incredibly complex web of technology that if it ever falls down, like the flooding that we have here or COVID or when, you know, these, like we're really vulnerable, right? Because it's everything's intermeshed. So I worry a little bit about that. But the other thing I worry about is the power shift that these companies now, you know, we seem to sometimes almost not notice how powerful the technology companies have become you know like yeah google and amazon they transcend governments like who can turn can you turn google off who could turn google off who could turn amazon off that you can't
3: uh, yeah i, I think you're, you're spot on there and if, if we even just relate it just back to education for, from it specifically. Well, Twitter is, has become a huge thing in education, hasn't it? Many, many teachers on Twitter get getting, you know, I think sometimes useful ideas and useful things. But if you think about it, if, if I, let's put myself, let's say I was a, an educational consultant or something uh, in England. And I know that through Twitter, I can get I can make people more aware of what I do and and therefore that's going to increase how in demand I am, etc. Well, am I not going to start to, whether consciously or not, am I not going to start to try and deliberately put things on Twitter that get reactions? And therefore I'm, you know, that that's what you're saying, isn't it, about at that point, at some point...
0: It's driving your behavior.
3: Technology is starting to control me. That's driving my behavior rather than me making a use of that technology to... Uh, deliver my vision or, or the thing that I'm trying to achieve. And, and I think that's so dangerous. Um, yeah. And, and for that reason, I, I'm yeah, I'm not that active on Twitter. <laughs> no,
0: you know. and same here, you know, and I used to be, and, you know, and it's become kind of a popularity contest. So you look at quite prominent figures who for sure politicians of oh God, look at Donald Trump, heaven forbid, you know, not, 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 you know, but that, that's, that's a great example, you know, of, of how powerful uh, Twitter can be. Um, but you know, you, you see this in, you see this in professionals and, and there's 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 a couple of behaviors that kind of worry me. So I look at people who are really important and and have positions of great responsibility, right? Using Twitter as a popularity contest to push their own particular points of view, opinions and propaganda and often just because just seemingly for the sake of becoming more popular. Right. And it's a lot of this kind of look at me, look at this thing that we did. It's so clever. Aren't we smart? You know, kind of bragging about what they're doing and creating an entourage around it. And, and it's, it's kind of like, okay, that's all great. Where are you going with this? How does this help society? How does this help mankind or people kind? I guess the word is nowadays, you know, how does that, how does, how do you help it? Cause you're not helping you're just kind of really selfish. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's dangerous, right? It's driving selfish behavior yeah. in a lot of people and yeah. a lot of prominent people. us on the School with School podcast.